beverages. Oh, yeah, sorry. You do. You got water going? I have two different waters. <laughs> uh, I have coffee. I have tequila. You do have to. Oh, that's your blue bottle. Then only one that beverage is my matters. Blue that yeah. is your blue bottle. That is. Uh, it's a very nice. Goes blue everywhere bottle. with me. Yeah, I'm. I'm a trash I'm, because I'm a trash human being. I don't have any of those recyclable bottle bobbies. It I will ca- change your life. I, I carry a water bottle with me everywhere I go. Yeah, same. people look at you funny, but mm-hmm. you drink a lot of water and you're healthy for I it. Feel like you know what I love, love is uh, L.A. You don't see them as often, but airports now have a lot of like water Res- bottle refilling stations, yes, they which do. is really nice. Nice cold, you know, filtered water mm-hmm. and 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 perfect On for the me go. to shove my head. Right in that thing and Why drink not? right out of that. Why not? And clean yourself up. Always. <laughs> when you're a hobo, path. you got to find your spots. <laughs> got to find those spots. Have we pressed R? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Are we in? We're in. Oh, God. We're going to start. All right. I feel good. Let me just say, before we get going. Yep. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I've been chasing you down for a long time. And it's just never worked. It never works, but it's working right now. It so is working. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask the Lord to help me be present. Okay. I am sitting here today yes. with, ladies and gentlemen, a man who wears many hats in life, a real a writer, a real writer. Well, thank you. Like, not a guy who, like, writes, like, in his spare time, like, a guy who writes. Yeah. You could go to Esquire and you can read his writing. A host, an author. Sure. Dave Holmes. Hi. Hi. I was chomping at the bit. I just couldn't help but interject with yeah. Yaz and Shurs. Yeah, that's good. I should and have you been look polite good. and quiet. You look good. Thank you very much. You're doing the blazer with buttons look. You know what? It's I. It came with buttons. The blazer came with buttons. It came with a couple buttons on it. I replaced one of them. Okay. Um, yeah, got this at Ben Sherman. Oh, perfect. It's, uh, it's Ben, my uh, boyfriend's favorite store. Yes. Uh, we go to London. And his name is also Ben. Uh, we always have to make a pilgrimage. He went and he tried a bunch of stuff and he didn't really like anything. Like I saw one thing. It was this jacket. I put it on. It fit perfectly. And it was like this. this it's is amazing. Now, this is my signature piece for autumn. I rocked that look in high school with, yeah. the, with the buttons. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, you got to have the clash or the got jam. To. You got gotta to have that two-tone guy. Mm-hmm. The two-tone maybe, guy. An, maybe an this IRS guy. records <laughs> guy with the sunglasses. May I say, energy quickly before I forget, because you're bringing up an interesting point. I'm, I'm also we're also sitting here with super producer Richard Sheltinga. I I don't have any pens on my. He no. doesn't. That's a, but you got a nice. That's probably a thousand dollar jacket no. that Richard has. <laughs> no, no, it's Richard is a I man. Ju- I just bought it downstairs. Okay, you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, that doesn't mean it's not a thousand dollars. Yeah, right. We're, we're, in, we're, in, the, we're in the Larchmont Village, so yeah. everything here is a thousand. Tacos yeah. are a thousand dollars. Yeah, a pint I mean, of Jenny's ice cream will set you back half your room. <laughs> Jenny's, fuck you, Jenny's, fuck you, Creation. Oh, but I fuck love them both. So great. They're all good. I love <laughs> them both. But when you're a hobo like me, yeah, you can only look. So I want to say one thing real fast, yeah, because I'm going to concede the high ground to this man sitting across the table from me. Oh goodness, Dave, I've always considered myself the guy who knows more about music. Than anything, but I'm basically going to say to the all three people who listen to the Brando cast, uh-huh. Mr. Dave Holmes knows more about music than I do. I don't know whether that's true. I think it is true. I know a lot you know about the things bands. I know about. Yes, but I do have blind spots. Which but I we might, which we might uncover. But I feel course. like your blind spots are going to be except. Saxon, you know, yeah. bands that don't necessarily matter. Sure. And I feel like your wheelhouse is... You don't think Saxon matters? I uh, know. I believe Saxon matters. Uh-huh. Do you believe Saxon matters? I 
I don't know enough to say. <laughs> I don't know enough to say. Uh, I will I need to you, collect more information. You know a lot. And you've so, made a living knowing what you know. It's crazy. About music. It's crazy. And I also consider you to be sort of a pop culture professor. Like you, okay. you get to filter the pop culture through your specific lens and share right. it with the world, which right. I think is a really cool thing. So I, what yeah, I, thank you. That's very nice to hear. It's a big, long windup because no, I'm I, very excited about it. what we're going to do today. Can you call my mom and say that? Cause it's <laughs> I, I'm, everything that I do is like the one thing that unites everything that I do. Cause I do, as you said, wear a lot of hats. I, the one thing that unites them is that I, I cannot make my mother understand what it is that I do. Right. You know, to this day. Yeah. Pretty much to this day. Does it scare her? Mm, I think she just doesn't think it's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that I, I don't know. I don't know what she thinks. It's good in, in that I feel free to say the things that I want to say on a podcast. Not that right. I'm like, you know, filthy, dirty or running her down or whatever, but it's, I, it's nice to be to feel free when talking on a microphone in the world of podcasts because, because I she's know, never going to hear it because she will never figure out what it is or how to get it right uh, and neither will my brothers actually right uh, it's kind of I'm I yeah they don't they don't get it and that's okay I, it's I a take, generational thing I take pictures of my mother's texts yeah and I post them on Instagram yeah because they're a fun read oh boy they're yeah. just it's just Steelers talk and oh. Denver Broncos talk oh she's doing well I, then I know how to wind her up yeah. I know how to get her to talk about Antonio Brown. I know how to get her to talk about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, things yeah. that she hates. Yeah. And to be honest about it, but she hasn't, she would disown me and kill me and find, hire someone to murder me if she knew if that I posted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of texts oh, wow. of her online. Um, I <laughs> She'll have never not that done that. <laughs> um, but we're trying, my family and I are trying to get. Uh, our mother more comfortable with texting and just with using the phone. Right. You know? Um, so we text. So we'll send pictures when we're traveling and all that kind of thing. And, um, and she, you know, she gets it kind of, but loses it quickly. Right. And uh, so I, I recently, like, this is exactly the kind of thing that I would get from my mom. I was just like, I texted her like a picture of me and Ben somewhere. And, uh, and, and it, like, you know, the bubbles come up and the bubbles go down and the bubbles go up and the bubbles come down and the bubbles come up and the bubbles come down. And then like 10 minutes later, it's like, um, hi or whatever. And, uh, and so then I'm like, yeah, you know, I, you're getting it. You know, keep going, be patient with yourself. Like you're, you're learning, you can do it. Bubbles up, bubbles down, bubbles up, bubbles down. 13 of the flag of Ecuador, like truly. And it's like, and I can see her just tapping away and like getting to the emoji flag screen and just, you know, and just not knowing how she got there, not knowing how to get back to where she wants to be. It's uh, we're trying. I'm but trying long to get story my, short. She'll never know what a podcast is. I'm totally understood. Thank God. My mom won't. Yeah. Um, we're trying to get my mom to remember to charge the phone. Okay. Yeah. Because that would help. That's a tricky one. Just just charge it yeah. so it would be on. Can I tell you the best thing I ever did for my parents? Tell me. Uh, this is probably five years ago now. Um, I found that every time I was going home, what was like the hangout in the kitchen, there's a kitchen island and there's a TV off to the side and whatever. And when I would come home, I would walk in and it would be Fox News at like Maxell commercial volume. Like it would move your hair <laughs> back. Like your martini would slide 
And uh, and I was like, I can't, right. I can't have this, right. I can't. So I got them uh, a portable Sirius XM radio oh. for that same area. And I pre-programmed like the 40 station and the Sinatra station and the Showtune station and whatever. And uh, it filled all the preset buttons, put it in. Now there's music playing. When, instead like, of Sean Hannity, instead of the bellowing of Sean Hannity, like they they will. St- it's just my mom now, but she will like she'll give herself an hour of you know the five or oh, outnumbered or something, no. and it's horrendous still. But usually there's music playing, and it has I think improved their lives. Her life. I, I, that is a, a wonderful. Is there a forties on four? There was. It's gone. Now, oh, now it's 40, now it's forties junction. Oh, okay, <laughs> and it's somewhere in the sixties or seventies. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah. Now, now channel four is the spotlight station right, okay. right at this moment. It's uh, soul cycle radio. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so you can do soul cycle to what they're playing. You, you can sit in your car oh. and, and hear the music of the soul cycle class, uh, which is I of course it. always the best part. It's not the moving of the limbs. It's the thumping, Just thumping. The, it's the endless the remixes of work bitch that you want to hear when you're sitting. <laughs> Wait, is work bitch a song? Yeah, from Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. Her, See, her mo- you got me. Her I, told, I told the level. crowd. Yeah. You know more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a big About 60s on bitch. 6 guy. Really? Oh, big. That's, yeah, that's what I play in the background when really? I'm lurking around okay. the abode. Okay. okay. So here's what we're going to do. Because we're because okay, I don't want to keep you. Listen, but here. we're going to we're going to rock it out right now. Mind. We're okay. going to start the Brando cast. You're right keeping now. me from Jenny's ice cream. So <laughs> keep me here. <laughs> keep me here. Uh, okay. So what, what I'm going to do. As usually what I do with guests is I read them the history of a band and we play a few songs Mm -hmm. and we talk about things and we see where the discussion goes. I'm going to do a little bit of a twist tonight. Oh boy. Which will become evident after some time. Okay. But we're going to start the Brando cast right now. With. (laughs) Okay. With some music. You and I are. I'm I'm not going to sell you out, but you're Gen X like I am. I am. This was, is this Bush? This is Bush. Oh, <laughs> mercy, mercy me. You know, this is one you don't hear as often anymore. No, no, it's not. You'll hear a glycerine. <laughs> wow. Takes it back. It does sure it. does. <laughs> it sure does. This, uh... I'll tell you where I am <laughs> Yes When I hear this song First of all, this song and uh, and Plowed by Sponge Are like, they're twinned in my mind They're Volcano and Dante's Peak in my mind And I am at my boyfriend at the time's Mom's place in suburban Philadelphia Yes Taking a weekend away from New York We would often go out there for the weekend And, uh, and just drive uh, it's the dead of winter. We're, uh, we're on some King of Prussia back roads. And then we would go back to her place and drink whiskey. And she had DMX. Remember DMX? I, I, it was the precursor to, uh, to satellite radio. Okay. And it was, it was all a bunch of stations, no DJs, no commercials. And the remote had like a, an LED readout on it that would tell you what was playing. And I couldn't get enough. We would just play music and I would just look at it. It was like, I can't believe this is happening. So here you are with sorry. Everything Zen by yeah, Bush. By Bush. Playing yeah, in the background. Bush is an English rock band formed yeah. in London in 1992, led by lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist and Studio City resident Gavin Rosdale. Is that true? He's all, well, I, I think for a while he and Gwen lived somewhere in the studio, in the nice yeah. part, like Colfax Meadows. Yeah. Because... 
you and I know people who their kids went to school with their kids. Okay. It's all, we, we'll come back to that. In 1994, okay. Bush found immediate success with the release of their debut album, 16 Stone. Uh-huh. And that went platinum six times. They went on to become one of the most commercially successful rock bands of the 90s. Can I interrupt you? I'm sorry. Yes. I'm trying to think of, of Gwen and Gavin's kids' names, and what I'm coming up with is Lennon and Dracula. <laughs> but it's something like that, right? Richard will probably look that up okay. online. All right. I hope so. Yeah. I, well, you have to name your kid. There's at least yeah. one kid at Ivanhoe Elementary in Silver Lake right now named Dracula. Yeah, that's what. Uh, no, they went no, on to sell no, 10 million no, okay. records in the U.S. and 20 million records around the world. Despite their success in the U.S., Bush was considerably less popular in the U.K., especially during a period when Britpop groups like Oasis and Blur sure. dominated the charts. To me... They were the most blatant Nirvana knockoff, period. Yeah. They, yeah the UK <laughs> had no, no appetite for this at all. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Yeah, because to me, I, I, I mean, I, I was living the sort of Nirvana life at this time, 1992. What, that what does that entail? That means dressing, dressing, dressing like Kurt Cobain. Okay. You still well, do, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, he never wore Iron Maiden shirts. I wish he would have. Yeah, he would have gotten around. But I, I, you know, I'm guilty of trying to dress like Tommy Stinson and Paul Westerberg of the replacements. Uh-huh. I want you to think that I'm in Husker Du. That's the okay. way that I dressed back then. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I was really into the underground scene before Nirvana. Yeah. So the, the, it was all set up for me. Yeah. We knew they were coming. Yeah. We had those records before anybody else. Now, where were you in 1991? 1991. Uh, I was here. I yeah. was in the city of Los Angeles. Was it, 90, it was 91, I guess, right? Yeah. For, yeah. for Nevermind? Yeah. Oh, I was here. I, I was living in a house with, uh, with four of my best friends from college, including yeah. Betsy Thomas, oh, our God. great mutual friend. Yeah. Brent Olson, Bill Catlin, Jeff Benneroff. These are my best friends from college. Yeah. We moved out here together. We rented a house on 1333 North Ogden Drive. Okay. And we had a pool in the back. And we, uh, our house was the house. Sure. That everyone hung out at. So that's where I was in 91, 92, 93, 94. Oh, wow. 95. Okay. I was also the disc jockey at Denim and Diamonds in Santa Monica. Oh, boy, was, where was that? That was on Ocean Park and 30th-ish. Uh-huh. And that was Southern California's number one line dance bar <laughs> at the time. And that's where I was Holy when Nirvana shit. hit. And that was, that was a boom time for the line dance bar. That was Achy Breaky Heart, sure. Honest to God. Yeah. Twice an hour. Oh, yeah. Can I tell you, uh, I th- okay, the summer of, I guess it was 91, mm-hmm. um, I was dating a, a girl. Mm-hmm. This was because I was sort of figuring it out. Figuring at the time. it out. And she Dave is gay, got by us the way. tickets. Yeah. She got us uh, tickets to the Young Country Roundup. Okay. <laughs> Which was, it was in the, in, in the immediate aftermath of Lollapalooza. It was okay. like a country package tour. Love it. And, and it was like Susie Boggess and Brooks and Dunn yep. and Trisha Yearwood yep. and, uh, and Billy Ray Cyrus. So he, live. he became live. And that was the summer of Achy Breaky Heart. Oh right? my God. So, when I think he signed on, he, nobody knew who he was. But right. by the time the tour took off, and certainly by the end of it, he was like the biggest thing in the world. Right. So he his set when we saw him was very early in the day because I think that was just locked in before you know he became a phenomenon. So he he had like twenty five minutes very early in the day. He opened with Achy Breaky Heart. He closed with Achy Breaky Heart. In the middle, he did a, he did a medley which contained snippets of Achy Breaky Heart. He also did a thing 
where he, <laughs> where after the medley, he was like, hey, everybody, hey, to his band. He was like, hey, everybody, stop. Y'all, stop. And he looked out into the audience, and he was like, you know, I see a lot of veterans out there in the audience. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, you really, you really gave it all for, the, for our country, and uh, I think you deserve a little something. And he did like, like God bless America or something oh, okay. or America the Beautiful or something acapella, okay. and people lost their fucking minds. And it, in Lee my head, Greenwoods, it was like, "I'm proud to be an American." No, it wasn't that one. It was some okay. standard, but he did it. And and the, the the conceit was that like he was just so overwhelmed in that particular moment that he had to do it. But it's like you know he does this everywhere, right? And you also know he can't tell whether there's a lot of veterans in the crowd. You know what I mean? Like you might have a flag on your jacket or something right. but like there's no way to know that's right? fan um, Where, what state was this was this in massachusetts this no this would have been in st louis missouri oh, okay uh yeah at wow. the uh, at riverport which then uh axel rose would go on to uh to burn to the ground is that is that a famous guns and roses story that i remember but don't remember right probably, now probably yeah it was right around that time too it, it was like the use your illusion tour and and he threw a tantrum on stage and left and then the fans like Burned, ripped the r- seats out of the point down. Down. Yes. Yeah. Like ripped the seats up out of the ground and threw them at each other and went fucking crazy. Wow. Probably not his fault. Exactly. But I right. blame him. That is a, I, you know, the, the thing about denim and diamonds was they had, there was one in New York too, by the way. There, and I made the playlist for the first month of songs at that denim and diamonds. Holy cow. I did. Um, and people love me as a DJ because I didn't approach the DJ. Like I'm going to pepper my lists with, some stuff that you guys don't know. Like yeah. I didn't do that DJ. I'm like, no. hey, I don't like country music. Yeah. Whatever you want me to play, that I is, will fucking play it. Yeah, just tell that me. That's not you, what that job entails. You do what you are told. Right, exactly. And and I was good about that. But you know, they taught the achy breaky. Yeah. At line dance class, and line dance class went from five to seven, and then the dancing would start for the rest of the night. And yeah. we honestly had to play that song twice an hour. I mean, oh, it was sure. fucking. You couldn't nuts. keep up with the demand. But not to bring it back to Nirvana, but I can yeah. because I was allowed to play one pop song an hour. Uh-huh. Daisy Dukes. Sure. I like big butts. Yeah. That the country crowd would dance to that sure. stuff. Sure. Those those goofy sort of yeah. poppy rap songs. Yeah. I cleared the club one night by playing Smells Like Teen Spirit. And yeah. I got yelled at. Yeah, no, they're not gonna they're nope. not gonna go they didn't for like that. that. No. Uh, probably Lil Nas X was uh, conceived. <laughs> uh, actually, much no, later. Much later. I think of yeah. it. Yeah, that kid's probably eighteen. Yeah, he's quite young. Yeah, it was a that was a weird period of my life. Yeah, yeah. I would drive. I I I drove a used postal jeep back then. Oh, fun! And I would drive from Hollywood down to Santa Monica every night to go to Denim and Diamonds. Holy cow! Yeah. Yeah, that was um, we we had a, like country had a crossover little moment. Yeah, and then it went away. Yeah, thank God. Almost immediately. Brooks and Dunn was huge, too. Yeah. Do, have you watched the Ken Burns documentary, by no, the way? No, I haven't. No. It is, by the way, it's fucking amazing. I'm sure it is. And I, and it's the country that I like. Like, I actually like Johnny. I love Johnny Cash. Yeah. I love June Carter sure. Cash. I love George Jones and Tammy Wynette, Loretta Lynn, 60s Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Everything for me stops at 1970. Okay. But all the classic stuff yeah. I do like. And the documentary, it's Ken Burns. It's Peter Coyote reading you the history of country oh, music, wow-y. starting from like the fucking Civil War. It's yeah. amazing. That's great. I, yeah, that's my I do want to see it, but at this particular moment in American history, 
when we sit down to watch some television, it has got to be aggressively like brainless. I don't want to think at <laughs> yeah. all. Like corgis fighting themselves in mirrors and stuff like that. No, you know what? You know what we're actually watching? And Dummy. this will also take it back to 1991. Because I just found out it's on Hulu. Silk Stockings. Remember Silk wow. Stockings? Late it's on night, Hulu? It's on Hulu. Every season is on Hulu. And it is the best. Does it hold up? Yes. Wow. I, in that it's the dumbest. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it was never good. It's very silly. Right. Um, it's, you you can figure out who did it immediately. It's all sexy crimes. Right. Um, it's really dumb, but I kind of love it. Hey, speaking of country music, I know yes. you guys wanted to know this, uh, who Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rosdale. Yes. Are, their yeah. children. And Blake, uh, uh, Shelton's kids are. Yes. yes. Kingston. 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 That's a Gavin Rosdale child. Kingston. Mm-hmm. Apollo. Apollo. Mm-hmm. And Zuma. Is Zuma, Zuma. Blake Shelton child? I mean, I, I, I assume they haven't had a kid together yet. <laughs> That's oh, they I'm, haven't had a kid no, together. I don't think so. No, I said I'm just saying, you know. Okay. But Kingston and Apollo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Zuma? And or Zuma. Zuma. And Zuma. You were right. You could throw a Dracula in there. Yeah. You know, I uh, I mean, this is this is hacky, but like, you know that like in at that whatever Campbell Hall right now. Yes. There's a kid named Dave who gets teased for having a <laughs> stupid name. You know what I mean? Yeah. What were your parents thinking? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Not anyway. special. Yeah. Not special at all. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, not staying on Butch boy. today. No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, what's what's to stay with, really? <laughs> we're staying in the yeah. 90s, though. Yeah, we are. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Well, where does I, where does the offspring take you, Dave Holmes? This one, this was '94, right? Yeah. So this was I had just graduated college, uh-huh. uh, a, a year later than I should have, because I was an idiot when I was in college. Um, and yeah, I had my first job in New York City. I was working at Saatchi and Saatchi Advertising. Um, we my the my like group that I got hired along with all became very close and we would go out until four in the morning four nights a week minimum because we were 23 and we could making some money making some money staying out until four being at work at nine being utterly useless taking brief naps in the bathroom uh yeah this this would follow us everywhere because at at this time you would still listen to top 40 radio or i would still listen to top 40 radio so when i would put on my rollerblades and go around central park i would listen to z100 or (laughs) whatever it was then i would hear this every 90 minutes you would hear Come out and play by The Offspring. The Offspring is an American rock band from Garden Grove, California. They were formed in 1984, led by lead vocalist and guitarist Brian Dexter Holland. Over the course of their 35-year career, they've released nine studio albums and experienced many, many lineup changes, most notably with their drummers. And I will just read one more thing. They have sold over 40 million records worldwide. Yeah. And their first big hit was this one, Come Out and Play, on the album Smash, 1994. What a uh, fucking year. Dave what Holmes. a year. What a year. So, yeah, so we're in the we're in the post-Nirvana yeah. sort of alternative radio explosion. Yes. Right? Um, I hate this band so much. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them when they were, like, earnest. I hate them when they turned into the Dead Milkmen. 
You know what I mean? Uh, okay, so again, you got me on that. I don't uh, because they I, became I a had joke. a filter where I couldn't hear them. Yeah. So did they alter their sound? That well, they got more aggressively jokey. Okay. You know, mm. it was all about having a funny song. Okay. Um, <laughs> they did a, the the one that really exploded for them, and that probably mo- like well, th- that album sold a ton, and then the one that had "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" on it also sold. Oh, that's a ton. the Offspring. That is the Offspring. That is also the <laughs> the sound a Hangover makes. <laughs> The uh-huh, uh-huh in that song is is the most offensive sound I can imagine. And, and when I hear it, as I sometimes do, because I'll listen to the 90s on 9 or a Lithium or All whatever right. on Sirius mm-hmm. XM sometimes, right. and they'll play it, and I often forget to turn it off. Because it's like, you know, it's one of those songs that you just heard so much, it's exactly like not listening to music. Right. And then that uh-huh, uh-huh starts, and it's <laughs> fucking in my head for days. It haunts me. Um, and then they had like, um, she's got issues... Um, and like, I, th- this is not a song, but they would have written like a talk to the hand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they, they became that kind of band. <laughs> did they, so they infused some certain things into their, yes. did they infuse a little bit of the hip hop into what they were doing? No. I mean, they, Dexter w- Holland had the, had the white dreads for two seconds. Sure. I noticed that when I, when I did my little research yeah. beforehand and yeah. Watch this video. He's got those going on in this video. Yeah, yeah, he would. Which is always a horrible sign for me. Yeah. Like, it's possible that they would have had a DJ on stage. Oh. <laughs> in like 97, 98, but, the, but who just did nothing. And you were like, right. is that person on the payroll in some way? Because they're not adding anything. So they might have had that, but I, but I don't think they ever like... I don't, oh. To my knowledge, they never did yeah. any kind of hip hop. They also played uh, Woodstock 99. Were you at Woodstock 99? Yes, I was. That's what I want to hear. Tell uh, me about Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, Were you working for the music television? I was. Okay. Uh, and it was, so that summer, it was the summer in 99. Yeah. We, they kept wanting like to one up themselves with the, with the beach house. Right. So 98, <laughs> Wait, when I got there. No, what does that mean for that them? It's just <laughs> splash out more. Okay. So, you know, so it was like, you know, it would be... Um, you know, uh, whatever, somewhere in Orange County or something, right? One summer, and then like somewhere in the Hamptons, and then the summer I got there it was Seaside Heights, and then the summer after that they they like took over Paradise Island in the Bahamas, and and the idea was that was that it was the Isle of MTV, it was off the Bahamas, it was one of these islands, and we took a boat there, and then Fred Durst blew the boat up on <laughs> Memorial Day weekend at the end of Nookie, and so we couldn't get back, so we were all stranded on the Isle planned. of MTV. That was the shtick. That, that was, was the shtick. Okay. That was the shtick. <laughs> that was the story that got us there and kept us there. So, uh, so we were we were stranded there for the summer, right? Oh, fantastic! So I so it was three stranded and a half with who? With everyone I worked with. Okay. <laughs> so um, like thirty five to fifty single people in their late twenties and early thirties, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, and, and a couple of married people who aren't married anymore. Right. And uh, and so and we and we all lived together in a, a club med. So we took over a couple of the Literally, dorms the in club a club. Met. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and we got all the perks of living there, like the drink tickets and the free meals and all that kind of thing and per diem. Uh, so we would go across the street to the Atlantis and gamble our per diem every night. And, uh, and it was ridiculous. And, so, and, and we got to see all of the, the shows that they would do for the tourists every week because Fucking we were man. there for like 13 or 14 weeks. They would bring there. bands in to do a show? No, 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 no. no the, the staff <clears throat> would do like their Michael Jackson tribute or whatever. <laughs> 
murder mystery dinner or something. So we would see that over and over and over. And the summertime, it's like super boiling hot there. Right. So you wouldn't go there. Um, so it was basically just us. Um, anyway, there's a long story uh, just to say that I was there for that entire summer, except for the weekend of Woodstock 99. So they, they, flew, they flew a bunch of us back okay. to this fucking Air Force base in like upstate New York that Love was it. like a hot, like a griddle. You know what I mean? Because it was like an August day. Yeah. It was all on concrete. It was this ridiculous three-day festival full of like aggro, like Rage Against the Machine and Metallica and then Sheryl Crow. You know? <laughs> so so we were there and we didn't really She's air it She's the Joan Baez of Woodstock yes. 99. Yes. Right. So we, we didn't cover... I don't think we aired any performances a lot. Maybe we did. I don't remember. But we would do a lot of like stand-ups from there where we would just be like, so we're you're here in the middle of the crowd going like, hey, it's and David, I'm here, yeah. here in the middle of the crowd and holy well, fuck. After the first day, not in the middle oh, of the crowd. Oh, 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 because oh, oh, I went out oh, oh, on that first day and tried to just do the thing where you go out, like we would do in Times Square, where you just go out and try to make things happen. Just go yeah. out with a camera crew and talk right. to some people and you get five minutes worth of good stuff. So we went around and um, Kellogg's had, uh, <laughs> had, cause it was a marketing extravaganza, right? For, for young Gen Xers, right? Who, so love, they, who love cereal. Who love cereal. <laughs> and a lot of people were camping there. So it was like, so for tomorrow morning for breakfast, here's, you know, some little tiny sample boxes of cornflakes and Special K and whatever. Right. Which, like, you don't know how sharp those edges are until <laughs> somebody whips one of those boxes at your head, which happened immediately and consistently. So uh, so we, we didn't get any good footage. We got a lot of people really hating me and, like, yelling at me because the station played a lot of Backstreet Boys at the time, which well, is like, of course. not right. my decision. Right. Also, I get that you don't like it. You don't have to like it. MTV sucks yeah, now, yeah, Dave. Yeah, Pink. yeah, because you're too old for it. <laughs> yeah. So deal with that. But anyway, so um, so, was that, so that was like Friday. By Saturday, we were basically just reporting from the stage. I went up to, there was like the control tower kind of thing where a bunch of cameras were and lights and stuff. And I went up that one on Saturday to watch Cheryl Crow. <laughs> and, and during that time, the crowd was starting to get restless. Like okay. it was way too hot. Right. There was not enough water. Right. It was really muddy. Um, it, everything was very expensive. It was very poorly planned. And, uh, and I, up, up on that tower, I was like, I felt it begin to wobble a little bit. And I was uh -huh. like, this could come down. This could come down. Cause people are going to go crazy. And then, and then I, like after that, I, I was finished with my on camera duties all of the bands that were coming up were bands that I hated, like Metallica, and uh, I don't hate Rage Against the Machine, but I, I don't totally want to see them understood. And, right. uh, and aggro, like, yeah, you said just it. aggro, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was like, why don't I go back to the hotel? And while I went back to the hotel, like the first of the rioty kind of thing started, where like people were pulling panels off the stage and off that control tower and whatever. So then the next day, it ended with um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I forget okay. who else. Like it, it wasn't rioty on Saturday night, but it was ugly and like. And a bunch of shit got broken. And uh, and then Saturday, Sunday, I, again, held off until I absolutely was needed. And then I did, like, a little wrap-up thing with uh, with Chris Connolly. And we were there. And I and I looked back toward the stage. And I saw three, like, active fires. And I was like, we got to go. We have to go. So, uh, including the control tower. I think the, uh, the control tower did eventually catch fire and fall. I could be making that up. Uh, Stephen Hyden did a really good podcast about it called okay. Break Stuff. Um, uh, anyway, 
so then we they kind of evacuated us and wow. put us on a bus and got us out of there. Wow. Um, I remember Serena Altschul getting off and like trying to get footage and talk Serena? to people. Uh huh. Oh, wow. Fully Brenda starring the wow. moment. And uh, and it was Damn. you know I, it was a disaster. Amazing. That was a long story, but it was it was uh, no. It ended in just in fire and and assaults and riots and disaster. Mm. Also, I remember waiting behind the stage because that was our like meeting spot. It's where you'd meet your camera crew and your producer and whatever. And so I was waiting to go out. I forget which day this was. And that and our meeting point was very near the first aid tent. And so like people who got injured in the pit or whatever would be carried through and taken to the first aid tent. And, uh, and I just watched person after person right. walk through. It was fascinating. <laughs> and then I saw this one guy, white as a sheet, and just with a face like I've, what I've experienced, it, no human being should experience. Uh-huh. And I thought it was drug related, like he was just having a very bad trip or something. Right. And then I noticed the trickle of blood going oh, down boy. from the nip, full on nipple ring ripped out in the mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's worst nightmare. Everyone's worst nightmare. That's a a pain yeah. that goes right to the bottom of your soul. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. And your identity. And your very identity. <laughs> oh That's worse than, a, worse than a stabbing. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Very bad. That is, this is the, but that's that, this is the reason that I knew I had to chase you down and get you to come down here and force offspring to deal with this. Okay. Because that is, it's fucking beautiful. Oh, also the the reason why that, uh, that reminded me of it, it was that they played Woodstock 99 and because everything was so chaotic. Oh, offspring uh, offspring did. did, Okay. But everything was so utterly, I think Bush did too. Um, by the time we did our little wrap-up thing on Sunday night, everything had gone so utterly to shit already before it started burning. Right. Um, that it was just like, we're going to report on this as the complete catastrophe that it was. And I, and I, this was the only time I was ever a little bit mean on the air. I was like, Offspring, like, Dexter Holland cannot sing. We found that out this weekend. Because <laughs> they sounded so bad. Like, he could not sing right. in key to save his life. And I, that's not the kind of thing I would normally say, but I remember saying that and being like, ooh, Dave. You're salty. <laughs> Did MTV have anything to do with the creation of Woodstock '99? No, no. no it just, just seemed going like it and was reporting be, on it. Yeah, it just seemed like it was going to be an event, and so we had to be there. Yeah, I, see, I had I had transitioned out of everything that was playing at Woodstock '99. Yeah. by that time, sure. Because by that time, I'm listening. I'm listening to bands that wouldn't be at Woodstock '99. Yeah, like Guided by Voices, sure. and Pavement, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And then I'm going to shut the door on everybody in a few years from that. Uh-huh. In the early 2000s, I just said, 60s on six. Yeah. That's what I like is. now. That's who I am forever. That's, that's who I am now. Like, yeah. I'm done being the guy. Yeah. Because I was the guy that had to know all the new bands before everybody else did. Sure. And by the end of the 90s, well, I was exhausted by that. Guess what you can't do anymore? That. It's impossible <laughs> right. to keep up you know for anyone I, of any age. Right. You know what I can do? What? I can do this on karaoke. Really? Yes. As a joke. But I can't. It's fun. It's a fun one. I've done this at the farmer's market. Really? Back in the 90s. Back in the 90s. Yeah. Where does this take you? I Ladies admit, and gentlemen, it's Everclear. It's uh, Santa Monica. This is probably... What, what year would this have been? Would this have been 95? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. So by this time, I had quit Sachi and Sachi for a slightly better paying job at Gray Advertising. Uh, and it was it was a job that I was not at all uh, qualified for. But I was very good at interviewing, you know? Like, I was good in the room. Yeah. So I talked my way into this job 
for for gray advertising the client was covergirl what i didn't realize was that covergirl being a procter and gamble product they have a whole different way of doing things and they're very intense and you must be a very organized person, which I am absolutely not. Right. So uh, I had this job for three weeks and then was tossed out of my ass. It, I got fi- oh yeah, oh. I got fired. Oh wow, so hard for for not being organized or for, how, how did they for phrase being that? utterly incompetent? Wow, like, complete. Like it was it it it. The, Nobody would have been better. Wow! You know I mean? Like literally, wow. an empty office wow. would have done my job. Damn! Better. Yeah, it was. But this bad. was your early track. You wanted to be in advertising. I, yeah, I did. Holy I did. shit! And, it, and it, I, yeah, and I and I thought uh, that it would be my. Uh, I thought that taking this job would be a quicker way to get to copywriting. Which okay. I would have been good at. Okay. But uh, this was an account management job um, where I had to like deal with the client a bunch and put presentations together and, and all that kind of thing, uh, which was not in my skill set. Yeah, what's a presentation? Yeah, basically, <laughs> I didn't know, and I was always working off the wrong numbers, and it was just, I was poorly organized. Did you think that you would just have to go into CoverGirl and say, like, hey, let's sit down you at this should, table. You yeah. guys should do this. Yeah, totally. I think it would be cool if you did this. Hey, you guys, uh, two words. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Get her. I'm out. That was my big idea. Uh, it's literally not at all like that. I mean, maybe for some people it is, but not at, at my level. Right. So I got absolutely thrown out oh, on my ass, man. like Andy Cap from a pub. Wow. And, uh, and so then, to stay alive in New York City, I started temping. And what I realized right away was that temping is way more lucrative. Like, there's no job security. I, yeah, except but you can make decent is. money. You can make really good money, right. especially if you uh, do as I did, which is work nights. I would work overnight shifts at like uh, Deutsche Bank and and Goldman Sachs and places like 25 that. Twenty five bucks an hour, thirty bucks an hour. typing, yeah, like twenty five ish bucks an hour in nineteen ninety five money. Wow. Um, and yeah, and I don't think I had insurance because mm-hmm. I didn't really have a proper job. But I was twenty five or twenty six. What, what's insurance? Yeah. Well, who's gonna get sick <laughs> ever? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just cranked it out, and I would I would get shifts whenever I could get shifts, which was really all the time. Like if you can type quickly, which I could, you were set. So uh, so I'd work at like Pfizer sometimes during the day, and then these investment banky places at night, uh, getting barked at by people who were my age, right? Um, who were like which MBAs, blows, which is super soul crushing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was sort of living that life and like off a corporate track. Um, I went back into advertising a couple of years later, but I, but I spent a couple of years and that, and during that time I was like, I want to do improv and I want to, I want to, I want to change my, like I'm in New York. I want to change my life. You know? Yeah. I don't want to I do a boring job I can do in St. Louis. I want to yeah. do something weird. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I was doing improv classes and shows and stuff and, uh. And, and still listening to shitty alternative radio. And the rest is history. The rest is trivia. And here you are. In 1995, I was temping at Where? Jewish Big Brothers of Los Angeles. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. At the Jewish Community Foundation. Mm-hmm. The Jewish Federation of Los Angeles. Yeah. I, I would bounce between their little different offices. I can see their logo. Because I had some I had some other friends that did that too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you that was a job that I didn't... Temping. Yeah, you can crush it with temping. And for one year. what's great that. is when you leave, it's over. Yeah, right. It's 
over. Right. And you, you care do not no need to institutional think about it. pride. No. You don't have to care. Over. You don't, there's zero stress at night. Yeah. There's no like, oh, I wonder if they like me. Nope. Don't Who care. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I would, yeah, this was a lot of me sitting at old, like I think Windows 95 had just come out. <laughs> I was sitting at old computers. Wow. Uh, with headphones on, because you could do that. Um, listening to uh, K Rock, yeah, and, uh, and type, typing away. I my I was let go from the uh, Jewish Federation because my friend Chris Reed and I, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, got me the job mm-hmm. uh, temping at Jewish Big Brothers, yeah, uh, we started a correspondence over the very early messenger system of the internal office. Messenger system, and yeah. we pretended that we were two two sixty year old secretaries. Yeah, and we would just chat with each other like that. And yeah. when they found out, when the IT guy found that out, we were I was fired on the spot. Oh wow! Yeah, is that's this, my story. Is that uh, blame game, Chris Reed? That's blame game, Chris Reed. How did and I know that? Of all the Chris Reeds in the world, he's he's the Chris Reed because because of our extended peer group, he's yeah. a, he's an exalted member. Where is he now? He now works on TMZ, and he's been working on TMZ for quite some time. You will often hear his voice doing narration, uh-huh. and he is married to Kelly, the blonde girl in the pit. Okay. Yes, he was. He used to be married to our, my dear friend Lauren Katz. He's not. He's not the voice of TMZ. Don't he's not, I don't think he's the voice, but he is a voice. You will hear his narration here and there. Wow. He or yeah, I, I cannot say uh, what he actually does. I think without getting him in trouble, but okay, he's been at TMZ for a long, long time. Let me. But he recommend. was a Chicago improv guy. Yeah. He was of the. No, I know. He because our Dave and I have an extended peer group, uh, which includes lots of Chicago improvisers and uh-huh. people, and people who circled around Improv Olympic, and, and Chris was one of those people. Yeah, because he was our blame game yeah. with. With Jason Cara McNamara, with Cara McNamara, Jason Weiner, and Jason Weiner, who's now a big television, big time uh, television director. I was going to read you stuff about Everclear, but there's really no reason to. Can I just make one recommendation to the both of you? Yes, to everyone who's listening. Yes, Uh, on the TMZ tip, uh, Gabe Delahaye. Do you know him? I know who he is on Twitter. Okay. Super duper funny guy. Okay. Uh, used to write uh, a website called Video Gum. Okay. And, uh, and there was a series called Taking One for the Team where they would do, like he and the other writers for that website would like do bets with each other and the loser would have to do a terrible thing and write about it. So he'd done, it was like an Oscar pool or something and he lost it. And his punishment was that he had to take the TMZ tour. And write about oh, it. Oh, oh. And it is... Get on the TMZ bus. Yes. Because for people listening outside the city of Los mm-hmm. Angeles, all three of you. Yeah. My Aunt Jean in Hudson, Ohio. Hi, Jean. Yeah. Uh, the T- TMZ has a tour bus. Yes. And they will drive you around and do what? Uh, I You have to read the thing, but it, it, it literally is like, you know, this uh, Lindsay Lohan vomited here. Oh. And so, you know... Um, I think there's an actual thing. The Viper Room, River Phoenix died here. Yeah. This is the apartment where Josh Hartnett called 911 because he had diarrhea. Okay. Like, that's a real thing. (laughs) Uh, Stuff like that. Oh, my God. He spins it into something much larger. It's truly one of the best things I've ever written. It's so funny. Um, so just search Gabe Delahaye TMZ tour. I love and it. And read it. And I assume that that's out. what they were doing. Cause I do see that bus. Yeah. Every time I go to the Hollywood Y, they seem to be parked near the Hollywood Y mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. So I assume that that's what it was. Sure. John Belushi died here at the Chateau Marmont. Oh, yeah. Hey, look over here. This is yes. right. Also, if you see a celebrity, yes, 
what you are supposed to do is alert the tour guide. They will like pull the bus over and then you're supposed to go and try and interview that person. And maybe they'll use the footage on TMZ. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. There is more to this story. Holy shit. Uh, A couple years ago for Esquire, we were doing our comedy issue. And so they, we got a bunch of comics together at the comedy store to do a photo shoot, right? So it was like Whitney Cummings and Chris D'Elia and a bunch of other people. So, and I was there to like supervise, which I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but they, I was, I was the one person who was in LA. And so they needed somebody from the magazine to be there. And so I went. So as people were gathering, I waited in front of the comedy store just to, you know, bring everybody in and make sure, you know, they got into hair and makeup and whatever. Right. So, um, and then the TMZ bus came and, uh, and I saw it and I like, don't want to be involved. So I just sort of stepped inside and then the tour guide yelled my name. He recognized you. He recognized me. Wow. So, and I am not, like this does right there not, on this sunset does not ever happen. Wow. So, and but of course it happens with the TMZ tour. So wow. there's like a bus full of people who probably don't know who I am and don't care. But it's like if you see if there's somebody who's been on TV, yell at them, right? So that's what he did, and I was like, oh god. And he got out. Stop the put the bus in put park. the bus in park. <laughs> got out and came to and was like and and said this. Said, Dave Holmes, we all love you. We, we, you have a lot of fans on that bus. We all love your work in Kroll Show. Because I had just been on Kroll Show. Wow. So it was clear that that was what was on top of my IMDb. So oh, like somebody, wow. re- the tour guide probably recognized me because he's got to be clued in or whatever to the level where you would recognize me from a distance. Wow. And, uh, and like quickly IMDb'd me and was like, y'all, this is how it's done. And so he came and he was like, come say hi. And I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, and, and like I shook hands with the people on the bus, but it was like, it was so clear that they were like, who are you? And, and <laughs> I'm not cool enough. I'm not good enough to be like great gracious and just like detach emotionally from the moment. You know what I mean? So I was just like, it was clear I was uncomfortable. It made them uncomfortable. Um, It was just weird and gross. And, uh, and then they went on their way and uh, Jeff Garland was also there. So then Jeff Garland shows up 10 minutes later, another TMZ bus comes. They recognize Jeff Garland and Jeff Garland's like, Hey, (laughs) right. So he like comes and works the bus and gets on and whatever. And it's like, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Wow. Right. Uh, wow. anyway, yeah. that's so a, a, they, I know I can say this without getting my friend in trouble. They hire people who have no shame about any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Young yeah. dudes who will stop at nothing to get, to take $30,000 cash yeah. and talk to the ambulance driver who drove Michael Jackson from the thing to the hospital mm-hmm. like that. And you have to be able to do that and do that better than the yep. next kid. Yep. And that's how you get hired there. And the thing is they're always right. I hate it. But when they, when, when someone dies, you always hear about it first on TMZ and they are never wrong. But Come also here. like, you know, all the people in the city that make extra money uh-huh. who work at hotels, even yeah. though they're not supposed to, yeah. who work in certain positions, who make an extra 500, 1,000, 2,000, mm-hmm. 5,000, 10,000 ratting out stuff. Yeah. That's a heavy industry. Yeah. God, I wish I had valuable knowledge. I could use <laughs> an extra 5,000 You, you're crazy. You've got, you've got knowledge of everything. Well, not really. Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. This... Okay, I will. I will tell you this. Yes, tell me. I love this song. You loved this song. Love. You love this song. Loved and love this song. And I will tell you why. 
Go. The floor is yours. Uh, so this is 1994. This is the spring of 1994. I am a senior in college. Right. I send out a whole bunch of uh, re- of resumes. I guess resumes. Resumes and cover letters to all of the ad agencies in New York and a few in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and, and I start to get some... Uh, interviews, and I also get one uh, mailed back to me because I got the name of the firm wrong, oh, and the oh, HR oh, person yeah, circled yeah, it with yeah. a red pen and was like, "This Bye-bye. is not the name." Yeah, <laughs> just like duly shamed. Yeah. So, but Sachi got back to me, right? Okay. So, uh, and I had an interview. So I I got I'd gotten like as an early graduation present uh, like a gray Glen Plaid suit. Um, is Glen Plaid the right thing, or is it like a houndstooth cat? Whatever, doesn't matter. Like a great kind of professional, like an interview suit. Or as I would say, hey, that's a good suit. Yeah. Like a, inter- a job interview suit. Gotcha. And uh, so they, they gave me an interview. It was on like a Thursday morning or something in New York. Uh, it, my second semester of my senior year of college, I had, because it took me forever to graduate, like that second semester, I was like, I had to take one class and it was like. You didn't need to do college. You knew where you were going. I, I had no idea where You I was just going. had to put up with that for a while. I had to put up with college. Yeah. yeah. And. At the time, I was like, I want to be, I guess I should be a normal person, so I should try to do this thing. Right. I did not take. So, anyway, so I, I had a lot of free time. Uh, had this interview. I um, I borrowed some money from my dad, and I was like, can you put, you know, l- l- give me some money so I can put myself up in, like, the best, best Western at South Street Seaport and go and do this interview. So I did, and I got there, and it was early on a Thursday. And early that Thursday morning, I started to get dressed, and I realized I forgot socks. I forgot to pack socks. So I had to go <laughs> to, um, uh, like, a Rite Aid or yeah. a Dwayne Reed or something. Right. And I was like, do they sell socks at a Dwayne Reed? I don't even know. They don't, but they sell, like, women's thigh-high stockings. So I was like, well, I'm in a, I'm in a bind. So, so I bought women's stockings, and I put them on, and I went and I did the interview, and, and then I met, like the person who was going to be my boss and then that person's boss and they offered me the job like on the spot which was crazy um and i and i remember i went back down to my car and and i turned on z100 and this song was playing and it was like my wow. adult life is beginning wow it was like truly and shine this is such by a, collective soul yes we it's need such to say a that jubilant song yeah that i'll never forget it it was like this is now now the next chapter begins. Welcome to the real world, Welcome Dave Holmes. Welcome to the real world. I love it. I'm not even going to read the history of Collective Soul. Yeah? I mean, usually I do, but I'll, I'll just say that they were a rock band originally from Georgia. They're, they're yeah. still going. They're based in sure. Atlanta. They're They'll formed in 92. Yeah. This record came out in 94. Um, Shine. It's like, uh, what's, it, what's this album called? It's like Hints and Allegations and something, something. This is Hints, Allegations, and Things Left Unsaid. I'll be damned. You want to hear my, I I was uh, wrong on that. my get ready for an interview and try to find the right wardrobe story? It was right for MTV. Me. It was to be a host on MTV in the year of our Lord, 1991. Wow. 92. Your friend Brendan had, he had... I had a couple shots of greatness. Yeah. I was repped by Gersh back in the 90s. I'll be damned. I, I tested to be the host of Rock and Roll Jeopardy. It was me. It was Probst. And it was Henry Rollins. And the three of us wow. did a full run through on the set of Jeopardy. Oh. For real. Heartbreaking. One of the great things I've ever done. But 
I booked a show on 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 VH1 with Barry Sobel where we would dress like cops and go into people's uh, homes and critique and arrest them for having a bad record collection. Barry Gersh made me turn that down after Sobel. I booked it. Anyway, why? Uh, why? Because they thought that I was going to be a sitcom star. They truly, they were like, "Okay, we, you got this." Oh shit! Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, I swear to God, it's true. it's true. It's true. It is absolutely true. They they were like, "We're so close." Because actually. Back then, I was also, I would test a lot for, like, it would always be me, Ron Livingston, and Wally Langham. For wow. some reason, I was a little older than Paul Rudd, but we uh-huh. were basically going for those same, like, goofy guy, you know, role. Holy shit, Jason Bateman kind of stuff. No, for real. I had it. I, but, you know, when, when, <laughs> when you're a Pinto and you're asked to be a Cadillac, it's really hard to well, do no, that. Well, no, I mean, I just don't, I think of you so much as a writer, I don't think about you Yeah, no, no, I had a whole, I had, that's, but that's where I started, because I was, I was a, a, a theater major at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And I came out here to do that ostensibly. Mm-hmm. And so one of my early auditions was to be a host at MTV, to be when they were going through, like, let's get another round of young people. Mm-hmm. I had a meeting, and for some reason, I remember their offices being in the tower that the Comcast offices are located at Universal, like on Lancashire and Ventura, uh-huh. the big giant black building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I believe that, because this is before MTV is in Santa Monica. Yeah. That, um, I went there, and back then, the only clothes I had, which is still true, were ripped jeans and concert shirts. Well, I mean, talk about (laughs) the one interview where that is actually... But this brain was like, you can't go into the MTV offices in ripped jeans and a a Judas Priest shirt. Yeah. Uh, So I, like, drove to... Like the closest goodwill to whatever that was, like yeah. somewhere deep on Ventura, and bought a pair of khakis that didn't fit, and I kind of had this okay J. Crew shirt, yeah, and bluchers, L. O. Bean bluchers, and I that's how I walked into the office. Know what that is? L. O. Bean bluchers are like they're like moccasins. They're like okay. moccasins you can wear out sure, in sure. the world. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're okay. like they're like uh, loafers, like Sperry okay. topsiders. Sure, sure. They're L. O. Bean bluchers. Okay. So I just look like a hobo. Like I've been sleeping underneath the one-on-one at Silver Lake Boulevard. Yeah. And back then the homeless problem in Los Angeles wasn't really that bad. And you're not feeling like you. No, I wasn't feeling like me at all. And you the can't other, relax. And the other thing that was weird about it was I actually got the interview, not because I was rep by anybody at the time, though I was starting to get heat for, I, I, I was in a play that Betsy wrote mm-hmm. called Us and Them. It was me and Anne Haish yeah. and uh, Dana Ashbrook from Twin Peaks. I got a lot of you know, heat from that. But I got this MTV interview because my friend Meredith Bergman was dating one of the big wigs at the time. Yeah. And I went into the interview and I met with this woman and I don't remember her name, but as soon as I brought up Meredith Bergman's name, the interview was over. It was like one of those things where she was like, oh, so tell, tell me about yourself. And I'm like, oh, I went to Northwestern. I'm out here yeah. living and I love rock and roll. And I love Iron Maiden. I love Judas Priest. I love the replacements. I'm, I don't know why I'm dressed like this right now, but I, you know, yeah. I've, I've, I've grown up on MTV. We had it in the house. It ran 24-7, you know, yada, yada. And then for some reason, I brought up Meredith's name and, and the look, the life just went out of her eyes and I knew the interview was over. And then I told my friend Meredith and she said, yeah, uh, so-and-so started dating me after he dumped her. Oh, boy. That was a horrible way to tell that story. I'm not a great storyteller, no, but that's <laughs> what happened. No, that was yeah, good. Yeah, interview over. And I should have been an MTV host. Yes. I was built to be an MTV host. but So 91 this 91, is. 92, probably 92, because okay. I had a little bit of heat because of Betsy Thomas's play, mm-hmm. Us and Them. 
I was going somewhere. And, uh, and then it all who, fell who apart. Who would have been your contemporaries? Okay. Well, I think this is, I think it was Jesse Camp. Was no. he, was he later? Oh, he was later. So, uh, Kennedy. Right around that time, probably. Yeah. Ricky Rackman, probably. Right. Ricky Rackman. Right. We're at the end and of this the is Kevin before, this Seal is era. Also, uh, this is also, I don't know if the real world had even started yet. Real world was it probably 91? 91. Yeah. 91. Okay. Um, yeah. Who else? Lordy. Yeah. Um, but oh, Duff. Duff, right. That's right. Yeah. That would have been Duff. Matt Pinfield. Matt Pinfield was a little later. bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, Duff and like Steve Isaacs. Remember Steve yeah, Isaacs? I do remember Steve Isaacs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was a. I mean, I. I mean, I. MTV ran in in our house in Albuquerque, New Mexico, like the radio. Yeah, because our mom worked, and we just left the television well, on. Sure. Me That's and Ryan Smith and Liam do. Smith. Yeah, and when we would hear a song we liked, we would run back into the living room watch it. Yeah, uh, but you know, I was I was raised on that shit. Yeah, same. Yeah, path same. not. Well, that wasn't exactly a path not taken. That was a door not exactly open for me. Yeah, That's all. That was that. Yeah. That, that could have gone better. It could have gone. Yeah, but me driving around the valley before the interview trying mm-hmm. to find a pair of khakis Ugh. for $5. Yeah. Like, that's a whole other. <laughs> that's, God yeah, only knows not, what I look like when I walked into move. those offices. No, not your no, best no, no, move. No. You know who is the greatest person on earth? Who? Duff. Duff. Duff is so great. Had a huge crush on her. I mean, who didn't? Yeah. Um, Karen Duffy. Karen Duffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is like, I, uh, we will have lunch when I'm in New York. Right. She and I did a, uh, uh, we hosted an, an event for Bravo, like probably 10 years ago. And we just hit it off. She's the coolest, smartest, like she's fucking awesome. She's and, Duff. And she's, she's Duff. Right. And she is like the mayor of wherever she is. Like everybody knows her. Still to this day? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, she's she's one of those people who's just like, I love, I love talking to her. She's one of my favorite people on earth. Yeah, she was definitely that round two of of VJs. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, because yeah, you had your original ones and then you had your Julie Brown and Kevin Seal, who I had a massive crush on and have never met. And that's the great, tragedy of my life. Was he the British guy who hosted? No, that's Dave Kendall. That's Dave Kendall. Kevin Seal was sort of the goofy guy with like big thick eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Um, Carolyn Heldman. Don't remember Carolyn Heldman. You would know if you saw her. Mm -hmm. All of these people you would know if you saw. Yeah. There's a lot of shit on, uh, on YouTube. You can go back and well, watch, I do. I, which I, I also I, I'll tell you what was a joy to me. I watched not too long ago when like some MTV anniversary stuff was going on. You could go on a certain website and watch a full day from some month in 1982. Ooh. And to me, it was that was like that was like crack cocaine. Yeah, because there were so many of those videos. Like you know, I lost on Jeopardy by Greg Kinn. Yeah, or don't put another dime in the jukebox. Like th- songs you're never gonna oh. hear. Ever yeah. again, unless you get it absorbed through that. Yeah. You know, Billy Squire, Lonely is the Night. Oh. You know, just weird stuff. You'll never see those videos again. What a golden again. age. What yeah, a golden age. Really amazing. Do you know yes? there is an Apple TV app for Night Flight? I do know that because yeah. I was raised on Night Flight as well. Yeah. I, I subscribe I, I, to that shit. You do. I love it. it uh, five bucks a month? Something like that. Okay. Worth it? Absolutely worth every penny. Do they play the stuff they played back in the day on Night Flight on that yes. app? There are uh, some full episodes on right. there. Um, some full episodes with commercials, which is like even better. You know, an, a, like a 1987 
big red commercial yes is incredible right like it's so it's like it's a work of art i love that stuff um i also love that stuff and yeah so there's a bunch of full episodes there are a bunch of like segments that just sort of are there because they couldn't find the rest of the show and then there's a billion like punk documentaries and yeah. weird horror movies and like the kinds of things they would show real late at night right they have the the movies on the app as well it's and so, thank you mass man by lenny bruce that cartoon that was the one, my favorite thing from, from Night Flight. I don't know. Was it, they, someone animated Lenny Bruce's famous routine, Thank You, Mass Man. Mm-hmm. Lone Ra- Ranger comes to town. It's about the Lone Ranger. Okay. And it's very Sounded raunchy familiar. because the, at the end of the thing, lo, the Lone Ranger saves the town and then he wants Tonto because he wants Tonto to perform sexual acts on him. I see. And so Lenny Bruce, 60s, it's crazy, but yeah. they animated it and they always played that on Night Flight to the point where I did that at a speech meet in New Mexico and was immediately disqualified, well, of course, for the Rachi. You would be. You know, yeah. thank you, Mask Man. Yeah. Mask Man, what are, what are we going to give you for saving the town? I want Tonto. Tonto the Indian. I want him to perform a sexual act on me. Wow. Wow. Boy, that was <laughs> disqualified for a poor performance. No. Holy Christ. Holy Christ, that was bad. Is there more music coming? It was good. Ah. Uh. This is the last of it. I'm not even going to read this because okay. we're going to wrap it up. We've been talking for an hour, my friend. Have we? Yes. Uh, our my um, quick story about this. Yes. My uh, so at, at Holy Cross. Yes. Where I went with your brother Ryan. Yes. There was a thing called the Crusadists, right? It was the Holy Cross Crusaders. Were that was our mascot was a guy in right. a suit of armor. And uh, so the Crusadists were, it was like an underground sketch comedy group. Uh-huh. They would do one show a year. There was like sketches about life at Holy Cross and, you know, professors that we didn't like and whatever, things like that. And it was, it was like, okay, it was 13 people, two, two juniors uh-huh. and, and 11 seniors. And so then the two juniors would, would then anchor it for the next year. Right. Right. And, and also like, uh, whoever was in it would sort of nominate somebody, whoever was in it and graduating could nominate somebody. It's a big to be deal to be in year. the Crusaders. It's a big deal. Yeah. And, and if you ask to be in it, you are disqualified. <laughs> right. That is the rule. Right. And you don't find out who's in it until second semester when the show goes up and whatever. And all I wanted my whole time in Holy Cross was to be a Crusader. That's right. And I got to be a Crusader, which made me so happy. Wow. And, uh, and so our final sketch was, uh, a takeoff of this video of B Girl. <laughs> uh, there was a football player in the cast who went by the name of Beef, a uh, giant red haired dude, and he was the B Girl. Um, and he had the costume and whatever. And we changed the lyrics to the song to make it about Holy Cross and whatever. Right, right. Um, Beef <laughs> is now uh, a high school principal, <laughs> is somewhere in Massachusetts. In real life. In real life. Okay. And I posted some pictures of the show, and he was like, Could you please not tag me? <laughs> because <laughs> I literally, like children, cannot see this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the, I will always uh, love this song. And the bass player lives down the street from me. Currently. Currently. That's good trivia. Yeah. <laughs> do, do they still go out on the road in any kind of iteration as Blind Melon? Yeah. Even though I'm pretty we sure lost Shannon Hoon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Because they did ago? replace him, right? I think, I, I would imagine they, Richard, did they replace Shannon Hoon and Blind Melon? I do not know. Mm. I'm sure they did. And I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Well, we kind of wa- we kind of walked through '90s hell today. That's where I, I wanted to take it. you. That was the trip that I wanted that to take you, Dave Holmes, me. on. Was what I would call '90s hell. Ah, oh, what a pleasure, though. Yeah, I enjoy what I mean. 
Well, you brought the thunder today. Hell is for children. <laughs> right? That's what they say? Yes, that is true. What Pat Benatar says? Yes, that's what... You know. I loved it. Well, Except for the offspring. Burn the offspring to the so, so I So you actually did enjoy most of those bands that I threw out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Bush was never my thing, but it's pleasant to hear it. You know? It reminds me of happy times. Well, you're an incredible storyteller, and I'm so I'm beyond honored that you would take time out of your busy schedule to come Please. and do this podcast. I've this was this amazing. is exactly how I want things to be on this Good. podcast as I move forward. So I am just beyond grateful for you. Thank you, uh, Richard. I'm so, of course, always eternally grateful that you're here. Someone's in the hallway. Is that your this lovely is wife? Like a full, no, just a uh, person walking through the hallway. Paranormal, uh, whatever that movie was. Oh yeah, we can see out, like out on the street in Larchmont and see what people are doing and doing the whole thing from that security camera. Yeah, someone's just roaming the halls. Do we know this person? Oh, we don't know that person. Really? Are we going to be murdered? I As we listen so. to No Rain for the second time in a row, <laughs> we might be. We go out. We go out with a bang. So again, Great. thank you, Dave. Oh my God, what a pleasure! So much. Thank you. 